Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline podcast. I am Dax Holt. And I'm Adam Glenn. Thanks for hanging out with us, Dax. Good to be here. Good to see you, brother. Dude, it's always good to see you. And I, I, it has been a wild week. I mean, obviously... The uh, the fires ripping through California have been all over the news. Everyone's been talking about it, so I want to. I definitely want to dive into that because there are so many celebrity connections and homes and all this stuff that burned down. That I, you know, I feel that I just want to bring it up. But uh, after that is what I'm really, really excited to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you went. I know where this is going. I yep, know where this you is going. went to see Tony Robbins the other day. I'm a new person, Dex. Hey, can you tell? Can you tell I'm a new person? You look – I mean your skin's glowing. I, I mean you look totally different. So I got to find out – I'm a new person. What happened because you were posting all over your Instagram account videos from inside. You know, I've been holding off on talking to you so that we could do it here on this platform. But uh, we will get to I that. Hope, I, I hope the charisma from me wears off on you because you could use a little right now, especially all the people in California – because, uh, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers go out with you guys. You guys have been going through a lot. I, we haven't talked in a while, so we have a lot to talk about in this mm-hmm. episode. It's uh, I've had a crazy two weeks, but you and everyone out there has an, had an insane, insane t- – I, I, mean, I can't imagine what's going on out it, there. It, I, can, you know, I can only – you it, guys it, are there. I'm in New York, so I can't really see what's really – I can't really experience. But you've actually been a part of this before. You've actually – last year – I remember seeing photos of your house, and you had to evacuate your house last year, right? Yeah, it's, and I think that's why it hits home so much is, you know, last year at this time, we were the ones running out of our house as flames were closely approaching. And, you know, to the point where there was a lot of smoke. We didn't know what was going on. And then the flames just started rolling in over the hills, and we were like, holy shit, like our house is like – it, it is next to the flames, and I'm having to go get my daughter out of school, and it's just like panic and chaos, and everyone's just trying to like figure out where do we go, what do we do, but the craziest thing, Adam, is when you're in that moment of running out of your house, and you're going, what do I grab right now? what you grab? And <laughs> that's the thing. I was There were so many moments that I caught myself staring, just like staring around going – do I need that the, the more clothes? Do I need to grab my kid's baby monitor? Do I need to grab more diapers? I mean, you don't know what to grab. And there was a lot of things that I forgot that day that I think if it was redone, I would grab them this time. But I'd have to say half the car was filled with clothes. Not not even joking. Then we grabbed all the photo albums. We grabbed like the hard drives. My computer, cameras, stuff that, you know, we felt that we just needed to grab. Funniest thing, forgot my wedding ring. Ooh. (laughs) Why were you – wait. What, where was the wedding ring? Why wasn't it on you? I mean (laughs) – Because when I get home, I normally will stick the wedding ring kind of like on my dresser. And I just, in the frantic chaos, ran out of the house, left my wedding ring, was halfway down the hill, which – if you've ever been in one of those situations, everyone's leaving their house. There's no way we're going to get back in because it's just yeah. a traffic jam. Now, this is going to be a stupid question, you know. And again, I'm not there. I've never experienced anything like that. But when you know something like that's coming to your house, do you? Again, this is going to sound so stupid. Do you, by any chance, take a hose and start to water things like water your house, water the grass, so it doesn't get maybe does I it mean, help out at all? I, or I think normally yes. In that situation, it came so fast. I can't even explain how fast it came because it's these Santa Ana winds that are going 30 miles an hour. And so the flames that were a mile away 10 seconds ago 
are all of a sudden at your door. And wow. so now you're just – you just got to get out of there. You're like, I got – I got my dog. I got kids. I I have to get out of this situation. So our neighbor actually stayed back, watered down our house for us. Um, but so there's definitely people that are doing that. But when you're in the moment, you're just like, I don't understand how it went from calm to complete chaos. And that's what a lot of people went through this week. So many houses burnt down. So many. I seen and- this. The photo. I saw the stuff on Hollywood Pipeline. I mean, you guys, you yourself, Dax, you broke a huge story. With oh, this, with, with, with the Malibu Caitlin? fires, with the Caitlyn Jenner, because yeah. I saw. Well, I'm actually I saw. I'm going to give you credit. I did see your post on Instagram, Courtney Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian, and commented <laughs> on your photo I know. on Instagram. So, so what had happened was, you know, on on I believe it was Friday is when like the majority of the fire was kind of rolling through. I mean, listen, this is nothing compared to what's going on in Northern California. I mean, that is sure. just taking out that took out paradise like as a whole. But down here in Malibu and um, and Thousand Oaks and all that, the, this rolled through, and um, I'm watching the news all day long. And it's so silly, but because of being in Hollywood and looking at celebrity houses and real estate for so long, the helicopter's flying over and I'm seeing these celebrity houses pop up that they're not mentioning because they don't know on the news. And so they fly right over Kim and Kanye's house as Kim and Kanye, the, the news is breaking that fire has like breached their property. All right. And I'm like, there's their house. It's still standing. It's it's you okay. Could, you spotted the top of their house. I spotted their house, so I screen grabbed the Fox News like um, video. That's incredible. Posted like a little arrow to their house. I'm like, hey, their house is still standing. Tweeted it to Kim and Kanye. I was like, your house is still good. Of course, there's a lot of people that were upset about it because they're like, they're rich, they're famous, they can rebuild. Like, fuck these people. There's so many other oh. people out there that can deal with it, like that have lost their house. And I'm like, listen, I get that. I just happen to know that 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 is their that's their house. I, I don't sure. know everyone's houses out there. So anyway, put that up. I did the same with Chloe and Courtney, who were desperately waiting for any news to come out on their homes if they were still standing. Because when you leave, that's the only way that you know if your house is still there is by watching the news. We did the same thing at our house. You're just like waiting for a glimpse to see if your community's still there. So I put it up point out chloe's house she starts talking about it she responds on instagram likes the photo says thank you this is amazing this is exactly what i needed i needed to hear that my house was still standing so i really appreciate it and then retweeted it on twitter as well but when you're in that moment you know it doesn't matter how famous you are how rich you are like these are still humans that are waiting on any information on all the possessions of their life stored in one house and that's that's the that's the Nelikov. It's not about the money they have. It's about the possessions they have. You know, you got to talk about what they have, their moments in their life, the most special things that potentially are gone. Yep. Everything they worked for is gone. Yes, they have money, but you know what they might not have is their high school yearbook, their their photos, their photo album, their birth certificate, these random things that you don't think about. Until that moment, and they're just waiting to see if it's still there. Because they're human beings, and people forget that they are human beings as well. Whether or not you've got $500 million in the bank or not, you're still a human being with things that you have lost. And I'm, you know, I I can't stress that enough because there were so many hateful comments all over the internet uh, about the Kardashians, in particular this week, especially because the news had broke that Kim and Kanye, I, I guess, allegedly hired firemen, private firemen yeah. to come and protect them. And I'm like, wouldn't anyone do that if they had the funds and you're yeah. trying to protect 
what you own, would you not put down the money to have someone go and protect your house? Yes, everyone would. Isn't that the craziest thing is I feel like people are just like find that to be the reason why that became a story because people are finding it to be so bougie. Like, wait, you could hire firemen to come in, protect your house. But you know what? In fairness to the Kardashians, yeah, they hire the firemen, but they didn't just protect their house. They also protect neighbors' houses as well. So they were trying to do what they could. And I, I, I just think it's interesting that people are trying to make that a bigger story. Like, wait, they hired firemen. They brought in people to protect themselves. And it's just, hey, look what rich people do. Rich people can hire firemen. Yeah. That's what actually became a story. But I guess that's why I go back to is you would do the same exact thing if you had the money. Not everyone has the money. So why we're chastising them for it, I don't understand. I don't so tell me it. about the thing with Caitlyn Jenner's house, you know, because there was all this like weird thing saying it burnt down, it didn't burn down. And then you kind of broke a story. Regarding yeah, that. So we got photos early on Saturday morning um, and I saw that it was still standing and I'm like, Holy shit, this is a big story because it was going around everywhere that it burnt down. Every outlet out there was saying that Caitlyn Jenner lost her house. And I get in these photos and I'm like, no, it's not only is it still standing, it's not even like fire damage. Her house is on the very top of a hill in Malibu. It's surrounded by all this vegetation. The vegetation is all gone, but her like concrete mansion is still standing Nice and pretty. The windows weren't broken out. Nothing was nothing was wrong with it, and it was just kind of smoldering. I'm like, wow, that's so crazy that every outlet out there is reporting that it's gone, and it's perfectly fine. So I'm like, well, I'm going to break the news that uh, her house is still there, and it went pretty crazy. A lot of people saw the news. I mean, again, you get the haters out there going, screw Caitlyn Jenner. I wish her house would have burned. Like all these just horrible comments. But at the end of the day, I'm like, big story, broke it. Another big one that was uh, that I got some photos of of the uh, the Bachelor Mansion. There was a big rumor going around that the Bachelor Mansion had burnt yeah. down. That, in fact, not true as well. It was like the guest house slash guest house, the production house. Product, exactly, the production house was what burnt down, but the house was just fine. Um, so there was just a, I think you know obviously it's a breaking news situation. So there's a lot of false information so it, that gets reported. So it, you know, a lot of major outlets reported that Caitlyn Jenner's house burned down. And then you said, no, it's not, and had the photos to prove it. Did any of those outlets, did they all take away the article? Is the story still up on their sites? Or what did they do? How did they respond to that? Oh, I have no idea. I didn't check. I mean, I saw a couple of them crediting and linking and all that kind of stuff, which, like, you know, that that's what makes me happy is when it's someone chaos, links. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say the, uh, the people, though, that, however, that did lose their house – you know, you're looking at Robin Thicke. I mean, he had a big party oh, at his house earlier this year, so I knew what the it, house looked like. Gone. It was like a before and after. You see in front of the front gate this beautiful house, and then you see it now, and there's just it's rubble. rubble. There's nothing there. And, and you Miley know, Cyrus, gone. Well, so, okay, interesting thing about Miley and Liam's. So what a lot of people don't know about Miley and Liam's houses, they're actually right next door to each other in this, like, exclusive area in L.A., and – He's got the way nicer house out of the two of them. Okay. I appreciate you saying this because when I saw photos, I saw two houses. Mm-hmm. There's one of this like hippie kind of shack. And then there's one I saw that this house like demolished. It looked like a beautiful house. But tell me more about this. I'm actually very curious about this. Yeah. So the hippie house, that's actually her studio, which is weird because it's on his property. They, like they literally butt up against each other. Like his driveway kind of goes along the backside of her property, 
So I think they've just kind of like made it one big property together since they – and I think she actually lives in his house. Again, it's a much nicer house, so I don't blame yeah. her. Um, but uh, her house seems to still be standing. The fire just ripped through his, but because they're both living there, I think that you know her house is also lost. I don't want to take away from the fact that her – property and her stuff wasn't lost it you know they have another house to probably move into now um but his was this beautiful mansion i think it was like a nine million dollar mansion and the fire came in and there is nothing left of it nothing it is just ash and rubble there that's insane so it, is malibu all gone i mean what's going so tell me what it's, it's like there now it's not all i mean yes it's it looks horrible it's it's really sad it's just all charred remains but there are quite a few houses that were saved there's you know you saw what what i think is the coolest thing is when you see all these neighbors in this community come together and start helping each other people that may have never even met each other even though they live next door now they're out together Getting, helping each other, sifting through their stuff. Oh, hey, do you need me to go get water? I'm going to go down and get you water. You need gas for your car? I'm going to go find you gas. Like that's the mentality of these people going on in Malibu right now. And I, I see that a lot when you know a big natural disaster happens. You see people really figure it out as a, as a group. Yeah, and Malibu to me is one of the nicest places in the U.S. It's just amazing. It's like – it's like Hawaii in California. There's mm-hmm. just nothing like it. I mean, again, I'm from the East Coast, and when I, if I had to live any place in California, it would be Malibu. That's it's beautiful. It's like Jurassic Park, <laughs> the, the canyons. It's amazing. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Funny you say that because if you look at the Liam Hemsworth house photo in the backyard, they have a dinosaur. No way. Do you know, right really? next to the pool. Look really close. There's like a. I don't know if it's a T-Rex or what it is. They have a giant metal dinosaur in their backyard that everyone kept pointing out. Is that a dinosaur running around their backyard? <laughs> <laughs> he just got outed for his dinosaur by a helicopter. Oh, I know. And then, uh, and then you, did you see Gerard Butler? Because he lost uh, a, quite a bit of his home as well in Malibu. Um, and he, if you know much about him, do you, ever, do you ever get him in New York? He's a very rare guy. He doesn't speak a lot. He's very kind of... He's just he's a nice guy, but he's just I've got actually I got him recently. He just came out the new movie, so I got him recently. He's he's like a very kind of to himself. He's very to himself. He's not a bad guy. He's very to himself, very private ish, but he tries to be very normal. Mm-hmm. But he's not like an outspoken guy at all. So that was the crazy part. So his house was obviously one of the ones that um, was affected, and there's there's camera guys roaming the streets to see the the destruction. And he has a full conversation with one of the paps out there, which I found very interesting. I think he took the moment and it's like, you know, this fire is bigger than me. It's bigger than my fame. It's it's on another level. And this is the way that I'm going to spread the word and just chatted it up with one of the camera guys. So here I'm going I'm to play some of his audio right now. Hey, Jared, how are you after the fire? I'm okay. I'm okay. Just came from my property and it's um, could have been worse. Um, a lot of it's damaged, but to be honest, I feel bad. You know, all down there in the gully is all gone, and there's a few streets all gone. But there's so many communities here that are, um, you know, trailer parks and suburban working class houses that are completely destroyed, and people have lost everything. We have some of them staying at our house right now. Um, it's just really sad, you know, because people give their lives to, to kind of, to, I don't know, to. 
to get to a place like this, so, you know, I know I have all the belongings and everything. And I've lost a lot of belongings, but I haven't lost everything. So, did you manage to get anything from the house? No. But you know, like for him to be talking and just acknowledging, like this is this is not about him. This is about all the people that have lost things in the community. And I got to tell you, Adam, I saw photos of him all over the neighborhood, taking water to people, helping out, driving his truck to get anything anyone needed. I, I'm going to give him a lot of credit for that because he seemed very humble. I didn't see all the photos, but in that conversation, he seemed very humble. And for him to say that stuff is just really interesting. You know, of course, the camera guy who I think did a good job is going to say, hey, what stuff did you lose? What stuff did he take? Because mm-hmm. that's his job. But also, you know, as far as as a journalist, as a paparazzi and also as a journalist, you're giving him a platform to speak and you hope it encourages others and helps others. And it's getting the word out what exactly happened, because, again, we're on the people on the East Coast. We're never hopefully, fortunately, we never have to go through that. But we don't really know the extent of what exactly happened. What's it like being there based on the tone of his voice and the way he spoke? You feel what happened in Malibu. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, like, I've had people reach out because I posted the videos of these, of the destruction in California. A lot of people are like, well, what am I supposed to do? Go to the American Red Cross, donate online, donate, donate to the California Fire Foundation. All these places take the money and they distribute it properly. They get the, the supplies out to people that have lost everything. So I would say that is the way that you can help if you really want to. But, um, uh, anyway, I, I, I think we should move on. I mean, obviously, this has been a big topic, but uh, let, let's move on to something a little lighter, something to make people smile a little bit, something to to make you feel good. Feel good, exactly. <laughs> and so, all right, I, I've been waiting quite a few days to talk to you about this. You know, it's very hard not to text you and go, okay, give me the lowdown. So tell me, how was the Tony Robbins experience? And by the way, were you sitting up front? I had – well, oh, that's a good story. I'll, I'll actually get into that. I was and then I wasn't. Um, <laughs> and, and I'll get into then that. They, recognize, they were like, oh, Adam, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm this is just... the billionaire's row. You're going to have to move to the back. So here's the deal. It's, it's a, kind of a long story. I've met Tony Robbins over the last you know eight, nine years, whatever, and – We've became pretty close. I mean, I wouldn't say close. We're friends, but we know each other. The nicest guy ever. I mean, Tony Robbins, he's huge. He's a monster. I he's, saw the photo. Like, you look like a Smurf next to him. It's really cute. He's just he's, – yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look like his puppet. I look like Pinocchio with him, you know? He's just he's – he's a massive human being, but he also has this charisma that kind of comes off him. His energy is amazing, and he's always in the nicest move. He's such a great guy, and I'll tell you what – you would be so shocked to know how much security Tony Robbins has. And it's insane how much security – and I always wondered, like, why would Tony Robbins have security? And, like, they're, like, Secret Service-type security. A few years like, ago – Like, who wants to go after Tony Robbins? Well, I guess it's I, it's the money fact. What is he worth, like, $500 million? Yeah, exactly. He is worth, like – exactly. He's worth almost, like, a half a billion, if not more. And he's – but also – He's changed so many people's lives where I went to – he had this doc- – did you ever see the documentary about him, mm-hmm. I'm Not Your Guru, on Netflix? It's an amazing documentary. It's about uh, a camera being at his seminar and showing what happens at one of his seminars. And he had a premiere for it, and I went to the screening of it. And after the screening, he came out and he spoke to the audience. He's only supposed to speak for about 10 minutes, but he's such a – he's so well-spoken. He After the movie premiere, he talked for about an hour. 
And after the hour, he's like, all right, guys, thank you. Good night. People rush towards him and try to like hug him and chase. And the security had to like tackle people because they just want, he's like the Pope to them. Yeah. And he just has this amazing energy. So last year, uh, roughly around this time last year, I was going through a lot of things. I had a lot, of, I had a lot of shit going on and you know, I, I wasn't working at the time and, and this is a crazy, story. I don't think I ever told you this, this, uh, did you know that I was potentially almost going to work for the today show and kind no. of be so really, I, this is pretty insane. So I'm like doing what Power. or about I was, I was going to be doing like, I was going to be like a millennial type hosting kind of stuff oh, for shit. the today show. Like wow. doing some, a lot of like behind the scenes, a lot of like digital type hosting for them. And, uh, I'm friends with Matt Lauer, ran to, uh, ran to Matt Lauer and I go, Matt, what's up brother. He's like, Adam, good to see you. No. And I go, Matt, no longer the contract. And he goes, get out. He goes, let's have a talk. Two days later, I go to Matt's office. We go to his office for two hours. I go, Matt, we, we, you know, he's such a great, I, listen, I'll be, Matt's a good guy to me. At least I, I, I he's, we had a really amazing relationship. We always just, we just broed out. We just, we could always talk. He was just, and I, I was so, I was fascinated by him, you know, because he's just a really intelligent guy. Anyway, Matt Lauer, after two hours of talking, goes, Matt goes to me, Adam, I want you to work here at the today show. I go, Matt, let's do it all. You know, he goes, I'm going to get you a meeting with Don Nash. Two days later, I go meet with Don Nash. Now, Don Nash is the executive producer of the today show. Mm -hmm. I go to his office. I sit with him for about an hour I pitch him on a bunch of ideas. Hey, this is what you guys are doing. This is what I feel like you guys should be doing. I'm just trying to sell what I'm, what I could add value to the show because I'm not applying for a job. I'm just saying this is what I do. This is how I can add value to the show. Weekend goes by. All, I hit up Matt on Monday. He goes Matt, what you think? He goes all good things. Expect a big call later in the week. Tuesday comes. Matt's assistant reaches out to me. and goes, Hey, what's your address? Matt wants to send you a gift. I'm like, All right. I go online. I get Matt like a custom made gift. Wednesday, I wake up. I got about 50 text messages. Matt gets fired from NBC. Oh, it was right I'm at that 20 time. Hours away from possibly getting a contract that's oh, going to change my life. Oh, wow! Can you imagine how depressed I am? And then, so I hit up Don Nash the day after. He goes, Adam, you know, let's talk after the New Year. Obviously, there's a lot going on. I hit up Don Nash on January 5th, January 6th. I read the Today Show. He's gone from the Today Show. Oh. So I'm back to square one. So I'm just like, Dex, as you. You know, you could feel for me. I'm so close to that position. So I'm going through a ton of shit. And I ran to Tony Robbins last year. And Tony goes, Adam, you should finally come to one of my seminars. And I go to a seminar last year. And it's in Florida. It's a six-day seminar. Now, these seminars are insanely expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at tickets. They're like hundreds, thousands of dollars. Now, the event for general admission for the uh, for date with destiny, which is he does it once a year, which is his biggest event. The general admission ticket is five thousand four hundred ninety five dollars. What? You know, that's, that's general admission. That's for like about four. What is it, like four days, six days? I think it is. And that's you're talking general admission. like thousands and thousands of people are going to this. Now, there is. So I went to this weekend. There was twelve thousand people at the Prudential Center in Newark. Oh, my God. Twelve thousand people. And this, but this one's a lot cheaper. I mean, this the, the cheapest price ticket was maybe six fifty for this one. A lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, but it's well, days. Yeah. It's days on a time, it's right? Days. It's days. This is about a. It's about a fifteen hour day for four days for oh, the geez. the one I went to this weekend. So anyway, really, so, went, so you break it down. It's it's not as crazy. It's not like a one night no. ticket. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a one night thing. This is about four days, and it's a it's a very intense seminar. But I got to be honest with you, Dex. It's I would say if you. It's worth it. And if you ever thought about doing it, do it. 
Yeah. If you ever if, if you ever questioned it, just do it because you'll feel better about yourself for doing it. It's unreal. And there's a lot of celebrities that go to these things. I mean, when I went does, last year, does Tony accept payment plans or how does that work? <laughs> question i'm sure they probably do how about ious like, just write a check real quick for like me. like hey when i when i make it big tony I'll, i swear i'll pay you back oh it's it is expensive but i have to tell i've never met anyone like i this i went to the convention this weekend the event and i had about maybe about 10 people that went that i knew mm-hmm. that were there not one person said this wasn't worth the money wow because you walk out of there with a high. It's unreal. Yeah, and what is he some... like? Like, when you see him walk out on stage, and because you were sitting front and center, what's it like to have him right there just come out? He's like a rock star. They keep the room freezing cold because, and everyone's wearing jackets because if you keep the room hot, if you keep the room hot, people are going to fall asleep. So they keep the room freezing cold. It's a huge stage setup. I mean, the screen is a monster. They have lights going everywhere. The music's starting to get – it starts slow, and they start to pump it up. and gets louder and louder And before Tony gets on stage. And by the time he gets on stage, the music hits, and he hits the stage, and they, he pumps you up so much. And I had a buddy. My buddy Joe hits me up. He goes, Adam, how am I going to stay awake for 15 hours a day for four days straight? I go, Joe, that's not going to be the issue. Energy is something you're not going to – that's not going to be a problem. It's not going to be even a concern. He pumps you up by 11. I was there at midnight and I was there from 9 a.m. Got there at 9 o'clock and this is midnight. At midnight, I wanted to go and just do bench presses. I feel like I could bench press <laughs> 500 pounds. I was like, let's go, you know? And then they've but got it, like musical guests coming out. Who they have? They have Pitbull, I saw on your thing. Last year, I went to Usher, was there. This year, they had Pitbull. Pitbull did like five songs. He was on for like a half hour. Now, does he come plays. multiple days or he's just there at one Pitbull, point? So it's it's funny you say that. So last year when I was did the convention, Usher was there for one day or maybe two days. But Usher actually sat in with us, like with the audience. Oh, wow. He was like participating with you know, he was filling up participating with the workshop and then he actually went on stage and kind of danced and performed and stuff. This year Pitbull just came out and Pitbull uh is a huge Tony Robbins, you know, fan and they have a good relationship where Tony Robbins did the speech for Pitbull when he got his star on the Walk of Fame. So Pitbull, you know, he loves to come out and they do like a really positive, good speech. And then he did like five songs of backup dancers and did a full out concert. It was great. <laughs> so great. cool. So did you fun. know that like when you were going in there, did you know Pitbull was performing or is this like a, a secret act that comes out and everyone goes nuts? It kind of like towards the end of the day, they said, listen, we got a huge act. Pitbull's here and Pitbull's going to play for you. And everyone's like, wow, that's awesome. Pitbull's going to – and he puts on – it's a serious stage setup. You know, he jams out, he parties, he's got backup dancers. People are dancing, going crazy. You dance so much. Like, you saw my Instagram videos. There's a lot of dancing, but there's a reason why he makes you dance. And I told my friends, like, he's going to make you jump up and down, jump up and down. There's a reason why he makes you jump up and down because it's uh, energy. You know, you need. Uh, you need energy to create a. Emo- you need emotion to create energy, pretty much. And yeah. that's what he does. And it's unreal what he does. It's not. He's not a he, – he does motivate you, but he's not a motivator. He's more of like a life coach. And what I mean, he just kind of makes you ask yourself questions that will give you the life that you want to live. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I was there the first time, Scaramucci was in my group. Tim Ferriss was in my group. Usher, I said, was there. Juliana Huff, Derek Huff. Um, so it's, know, like, Maria goes so it's there. like all these celebrities are like, hey, we, we want this too. We want to be around him. We want to get his knowledge. And it's a great environment because people leave the celebrities alone. Like everyone's there trying to work on themselves. And 
also, it's great to go up to the celebrities. Like last year, I really got to hang out with Derek Huff, super nice guy. And I was kind of, he actually has done it before. And I like went up to him for advice and about like the seminars and what I should do. And he, we talked for hours and he was just so cool about it and like coaching me and helping me with some of the questions so I could understand what I was doing there. It's but so, it's funny. So this fascinating. Year, this is this is like my so I got there at nine o'clock on Saturday, okay? It's a four day thing. I only got there on Saturday. I'm all excited, I'm pumped. I'm sitting at this first row. I'm like the first person in my group. Yeah, and is, I'm is sitting, it assigned seating or are you just like, hey, I'm in this section, I can sit in the front? They put you in sections. And I was like in the section way up front. And you know, they had he has like Did his say, like, members. Bala on your, your ticket stuff. Pretty much. It's like platinum. <laughs> he's got he's got People know people could see how much you kind of paid for your ticket. Obviously, by the the shinier the necklace you have, the better seat you have. So is so, that like do people flock to that like birds? Like they see like the shiny thing around your neck and they're like, oh, I need to talk to him. It, Dax. Oh my god, dude, this is so funny. So I'm sitting. I'm up. You know, there's a few breaks, and during the breaks, it's it's amazing networking to do there. Mm-hmm. And everyone from the back wants to come to the front because they want to network with. A lot of the people, the platinum in the front because, holders, yeah, the platinum people, because those people obviously have some, you know, they have money, or I'm sure they're invested in businesses, or they could pop they're, they're great people to network with. So all the people rush to the front because they want to go meet the platinum people and kind of network with them. And I had a, you know, I had a good seat, so everyone kind of rushes over to me and tries to introduce themselves to me, and I'm like, listen, I don't even have health insurance. Go talk to someone else. <laughs> I can't help you. You're wasting your time. Just go talk to someone else. And I felt so bad because you're there to help each other. But I'm like, listen, I'm trying to help you. Don't talk to me. Talk to someone else. I'm as lost as you are. I promise you. <laughs> That's so great. You're oh like, my God. oh, people, if you only knew, I could have been Matt Lauer part two, but on TV. Listen, I'm Not in the other is- regards. I had to park 10 blocks away because I couldn't even afford the fucking <laughs> parking there. I, had to, I had to, you know, I was like, trust me, you're talking to the wrong guy. I promise you. Oh, and then, and then you said, so, what did you say? You said that you oh. were in the front and then you weren't. Dude, what, what was that about? Oh, this is so, this is so fucking fun. So I'm sitting in the front row. <laughs> I'm sitting in the front row, right? I got this great seat. I'm like the first one in my group. Like, who's like sitting there. Like, wait, wait, I got, sorry, I got to stop you. When Tony looks down, does he like say hi to you, or does he do like like that? Like that breaks the rule. He, like, no, no, no. He, I think he would have. Like when I saw him last year, he came in, and hugged me in the middle of like the thing. This time, you know, I didn't like stand out by any means, but I actually got to go backstage and say hi to him during one of the breaks and say hi to him and talk to him because we know each other. I took a photo with him. He's great. Talked to him a little bit. I know his team. There, he's the nicest person ever. Such a great guy and huge inspiration. But I'm sitting. I got this perfect seat. First row, right near the stage. Amazing, right? All of a sudden, my crowd, my group starts my starts to fill up with seats. A woman on my right sitting next to me goes, by the way, this woman's going to ask you probably to move because she's kind of – she kind of wants that seat. I'm like, well, that's not – you know, I'm here. That's not my – this is my seat. I kind of got here early because I wanted this seat. Yeah, you're like, everyone's and, here. We've Everyone spent a lot of money to be here. Like, yeah. what did you so do? So the woman comes out to me. The woman comes up to me. She goes, it's Melanie Griffith. What? And I'm like, Melanie Griffith, the actress? She's like, yeah. I'm like, well, there's a seat open right next to me. There's nothing different. She could sit right there. It will be fine, okay? So all of a sudden, two, hour, two and a half hours later, right before Tony gets on stage, Melanie Griffith takes a seat right next to me. She sits next to me. I'm like, oh, hi. How you doing? I just kind of – oh, hi, Melanie Griffith. I, I, I just kind of like, hi, how you doing? And then focus on this show. I'm um, focused on the seminar. Yeah. 
Then all of a sudden, Melanie, after like 45 minutes, past Melanie, she goes, excuse me, would you mind changing your seat? I go, what? Would you mind changing your seat? My friend, you know, who I was sitting next to the uh, yesterday was wanting to sit in your seat, and we've kind of been working together. <laughs> would you want to Please tell me you said, no, Melanie Griffith, I deserve so, this seat in the front. So all of a sudden, the Jersey accent comes out of me. And she, I'm like, where's she sitting? And she's sitting like 15 rows back. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, all right, so you want, I said to her, I was like, so you want me to switch with your friend back there from here? I'm in the first row. You want me to go back there? She's like, would you mind? Oh, the, how do you have the balls to say that to someone well, at such a big like event? I, I, I made it very, seem very awkward and uncomfortable because it's such a weird thing to ask someone. Like, you have a perfectly good seat. Did, wait, There's wait, no wait, reason. Wait. Did you say, actually, my friend is sitting next to yours back there. Would you mind switching with my friend and you go back 15 rows? That's exactly what I should have, but you know, I'm, I'm at a Tony Robbins event. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm working on my. Oh, fuck being a good person! What I did know. you give up your seat? I gave up my seat. Oh, Adam. Adam. I know. I instead, but then I just found like an empty seat, like four rows back, which is fine. But I was just like, at first, I was sort of excited to like sit next to her. I was like, oh, this will be cool. And we're gonna kind of to hang out and bond. But then when she asked me to move my seat, I was like, I don't even want to talk Bonding to this girl. with Melanie Griffith. I don't want to, you know. She, hey, listen, I was trying to get her on the podcast, buddy. At this point, <laughs> Melanie Griffith is the first person banned from this podcast. <laughs> oh, but I, I gave up my seat. I gave it to a friend. I was trying to be a good person. And the woman next to me is like, hey, I, I, I saw what you did, and I thought that was very respectful what you did. And I was like, you know what? It is what it is. It's fine. It's fine. So... <laughs> Whatever. Listen, I give you kudos because I feel that if I was in the same situation, you get put in front of these – I I don't know. There's situations in life that they come up and you go, what would I do? I think I would probably – just because I'm a nice person, I probably would do the exact same thing. Listen, if I wasn't – if I didn't know Tony and – but again, I'm trying to be a good person there. And I was – you know, and Melanie obviously is trying to work on herself there because it's a bullshit thing to ask of someone. So it's (laughs) – it is what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I, listen, your your karma has gone up tenfold because of it. How about that? I'll take. I'll Maybe tell you the what, friend needed that spot more than you. You know what? You're right, I, and that's a good way to think. I didn't think about that. Thank you for giving that perspective. And know what, Melanie? Just for that, maybe I will take away your band from the podcast. And if you want to come on now, and that we'll call it even, <laughs> and explain yourself, because maybe she'll come on and she'll be like, "Look, this is what was going on. This girl really needed it in her life. You changed her the whole project, like trajectory of her life because of this seat." All right, Melanie, well, come I- on and explain yourself. Well, here actually, this is kind of the embarrassing part. So I give up my seat to her, and as soon as I give up, she goes, "What's your?" She goes, "What's your name?" I go, "Adam." I go, "What's your name?" She goes, "Melanie." I go, "Oh, hi, Melanie. Nice to meet you." So I act like I didn't know who she was, but then I got we got taken backstage to say hi to uh, to Tony, and she was back there, and I was like, "Oh, I already met her, you know, before." Yeah. So I walk backstage, and she's like, "She's by herself. I'm by myself," and like we're kind of like back there waiting to go meet Tony. So I say, "Hey, how's the convention going for you?" And she looks at me kind of like dumbfounded i'm like hey how you enjoy it's your first event she's like, yeah i go i'm out of by the way uh, you know like she's looking at me weirded out i was like she's like i'm melanie i'm like i met you like an hour ago i gave up my seat for you and she just kind of <laughs> like oh okay i was like you know what never mind <laughs> never mind how do i bother yeah like, you know what I, I, again maybe other people need that spot and you know she's probably just feels entitled to do that because she is but i'll tell you what i'll so say long. this about a tony robbins would you ever do a tony robbins event i would you- i mean listen 
I've never th- always like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've never thought about it. It's not something that crossed my mind. I think the ticket price alone makes me go, oh, God, I, I, I just couldn't do that. But if he was in town and there there was some way to go, yeah, I would do it. It's you just listening to you. You sound so jazzed by it. So I'm like, well, it's not there's nothing that bad could come out of it. It seems like it would all be beneficial. There's, it's it's absolutely amazing. And someone said, I don't know if it was like family guys, it's like church with no religion. And um, it's really interesting. And he's got some, it, he's got really, listen, there's a reason why Oprah goes. There's a reason why Bill Clinton goes. And there's a reason why the price is that much. I mean, it is a huge production, but Tony only, you know, he's the best life coach in the world. And he always, I think he coaches like five people a year personally. And those people pay like millions of dollars to speak to him and for him to help out with him. He only meets with him like a few times a year. And this one is like, hey, you have your chance to actually be, meet and actually work with the biggest life coach in the world. And also there's other coaches there, and it's a great, great environment. It's if you, if you have the money, if you've ever thought about doing it, I strongly suggest pull the trigger and do it because – there's it's it's amazing. It really is. There's a high that you get from that. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming he's listening to our podcast right now. We are the number one podcast on iTunes, right? By now, are we? Are we? <laughs> oh, dude, I was like breaking news to me, dude. <laughs> so I'm sure he's listening. And Tony, I am more than willing to go if there's any sort of comping you can do. <laughs> I am there. <laughs> totally worth it. I have been that- highly recommended by Adam Glenn. But here's the thing. I think I had to go to it because last weekend I had almost a, a different type of Tony Robbins experience. Oh, the opposite of Tony Robbins. I saw this. You were hanging out with <laughs> a porn convention or something? I was at a porn convention. <laughs> I went from I went from a porn convention to a self-help convention in two weekends. <laughs> it kind of sounds like life, the way it dude? should be, actually. Dude, what is my life? I'm telling you, it is hysterical. It's the funniest thing ever going to this porn convention now, like people are like did you just buy tickets and go or what like what did me, you dude? get credentialed what did you do so wait did i ever tell you how i started with tmz and how i kind of fell into it no this is really interesting so in 2009 i think it was roughly 2009 um a buddy of mine i was dead broke at the time i had no job i had no money and a buddy hits me up i was a golf caddy at the time he hits me up and goes hey do you want to go to this porn convention in, in jersey I go, sure. I went on the website. Tickets were $75. I did not have $75 to my name. So what I did was I wrote a fake email to the PR company representing the porn convention. I said, my name, my name is Adam Glenn from WBLJ 90.3. I made up a fake station. I said, I want to, <laughs> I said, I want to cover the event to talk about new technology in the industry. Of course, there's like no press at this thing. So of course, one media like this guy oh yeah a media person wants to come to the porn convention yeah sure we want them so they gave me a media pass i'm like are you fucking this worked so they get, they email me back give me press credentials i'm like oh my god i can't believe this worked <laughs> so i show up to the porn convention with my buddy and where you get super stoned we go to the porn convention and we have this old school like dad type camera and we walk around because we're trying to look like press, but we don't even know what they're doing. So like, hey, let's just kind of make some fun videos. And we made some video of me just kind of messing around with porn stars and just like asking them, interviewing them questions because we were like the only press or media credential person there. And they see and a they camera coming. They're like, yes. Yes. They all want it. And they're begging us. They're like, hey, can you come interview us? Can you come interview us? I was on stage with like two live crew. And they're like, because they think I'm some media outlet. I'm like, little <laughs> do you know, I sleep on a twin size mattress. I'm like. <laughs> Oh my God. I was like, I can't believe this is working. 
And I made the video, and my friend, who was a professional wrestler, gave it and showed it to this guy who worked at TMZ at the time. He goes, listen, I got to meet this guy. I met the guy, and we hit it off. And he goes, dude, I'm going to get you a job with TMZ. Then he introduced me to people at TMZ. I didn't have a job interview. They just kind of gave me the job, and like, uh, just kind of fell into it. And but every year, what I do is I write, you know, kind of a. You know, I do a, I bullshit my way into getting press credentials and go to porn conventions That's and just so do stupid funny. interviews. So, buddy, I'm walking around the porn convention with a fake microphone. It's not plugged into anything. <laughs> and my buddy's filming on his cell phone. I'm high as a kite, just fucking around. Oh, my God. It is so much fun. But the interviews were actually really good. Like, it was, it was a good place for me to practice my interviews. Some inter- <laughs> So Who was the best like, one? Who was the best person you talked to in there? I'll tell you what. The most fascinating person I interviewed was a male porn star, Evan uh, Evan Evan uh, Storm, is it? Evan uh, – dude, I don't – what's that guy? Don't I, act I, like you don't uh, know his name. I know Lewis probably knows who the fucking guy is. <laughs> Evan uh, uh, Evan, Evan, uh, oh my, Evan Stone. Evan Stone is his name. Oh, oh yes. God. Lewis was um, I, mouthing me Stone the whole time in there. <laughs> so it's, I met Evan Stone. Ooh, this guy is pretty much in. If you've seen an adult film, he's pretty been a bitch. He's pretty much been in every single one. I've seen this guy naked more than I've seen my myself naked, <laughs> and he uh, was like really interesting. But I just wore, I you know, I just kind of messed around with all the porn stars and asked some stupid questions. And but what did he say? What get, made him fascinating? Um, he actually told me, which I found really interesting, that all the girls, the guys are casted by the women, so the women get casted to be an adult film. And then the women say the guy they want to work with. And it's like, hey, they want to work with a guy who they know and they trust. So that's how he gets most of his work, just by networking to women. Like, hey, he's cool. He's nice. Let me go work with him because he's just – he's not a creep. He's not a bad dude. He's not going to hurt me. I know what I'm dealing with. And he's just – and he's professional. So I found that to be really fascinating. Wow. I, I love the uh, the range at which we've spoke about today. Fires taking out houses. Tony <laughs> Robbins – and porn convention. <laughs> oh my God, Hollywood pipeline. What, you know, what, what are this? we doing here? I, I got to tell you what we're doing. Entertaining people is what we're doing here. I hope so. Or this is just me venting. I don't even know. <laughs> Listen, I'm cheaper than Tony Robbins. Robbins. Do you feel better after this? I don't know. I think I might have to go back or something. <laughs> it's holy water. Oh, well, I think, I think we should leave. About I think we should leave it there today because all of that was extremely entertaining and fascinating and thank you for giving us a little glimpse inside your life uh i mean truly you <laughs> from uh like therapy. i know right it really does feel a little <laughs> bit like therapy i don't know if you're off brand here but it just that just felt good i'm not gonna lie listen the next episode will be back to celebrity and stars this one just felt good i'm not gonna lie guys this one uh, was for us i'm pretty sure evan stone is a big star anyway thank you adam thank you everyone for listening uh hollywood pipeline you can find us on hollywoodpipeline.com on uh on instagram facebook twitter i think we have a snapchat i can't say that I've ever actually used it. But there is a Snapchat out there somewhere. Um, We will be launching our new website very soon. Have I told you about that? You have not. The new website is almost done. I'm very excited. Um, Until then... We will be back. Uh, we won't be back next week. We will. Uh, we're going to let everyone have a little break for vacation. Actually, what's cool though, we're going to be on radio. right? We are going to be on radio here in LA at uh, seven ninety a.m. They're going to be playing us. It's very exciting. They've been doing like little best of the podcast. So we will be uh, on the radio, which is it's pretty fun, right? I mean, we've That's had awesome, a podcast dude. for what four weeks, and we're already going to be on the radio. That's pretty yeah, awesome. That's pretty cool. 
Um, until then, if you guys have, uh, if this is your first podcast, go back, listen to some of the other ones. They have all been very good. We're getting a lot of uh, feedback from our friends, family. You're getting texts from uh, from people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are hitting me up nonstop. They're telling me they enjoy the show. So if you like it, subscribe, write a review. Hopefully it's a five-star. If it's not, just don't write a review. And uh, <laughs> listen, keep listening, man. Tell your friends. I love the support. We need your support. We need your support so we can keep doing this. Uh, anyway, thanks again, Adam. And we will see you guys next week. Or I guess two weeks. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Bye.